It's Max DeJarnett's second-to-last day on the job. He's got his nine-year-old son Silas with him. This might be his kid's last chance to perform a daily ritual that Max has often done as part of his job. Are you nervous? Uh-huh, a little bit. Okay, looks like we've got about 50 seconds. Why don't you go ahead and, and come up here onto the ladder where you feel comfortable. Not if you live anywhere near downtown, you know this ritual. When I first moved here, it charmed me. Made me think of the working class roots of this area. I figured it came from the port, where a giant crane loads giant logs onto massive ships. It has that gravitas. We've got about 30 seconds. When my dad experienced it, a guy that nearly worships his silence, he couldn't believe it happened every day. 20 seconds. Starting to feel some jitters now. But for the next 45 minutes, he told me stories. Stories about growing up, wandering around the mills of Everett and Tacoma, about his dad and uncle and their jobs at Boeing. And how in cities and towns across the country, you could set your watch by the five o'clock whistle. No, pull down all the way. Let it build up the pressure. Let it Good. Nice. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you just let all of Olympia know it's five o'clock. Clock out, Olympia. It turns out my initial confusion about the location and purpose of this whistle is not unusual. On another evening, I walk around downtown Olympia in the dark December night just after five o'clock. Some people I talk to know more about this tradition than others. One guy, really excited, tells me in all seriousness, that it's probably a secret code. Another person says they used to live downtown and always assumed it was a train. Greg Zart and Tim McGuire, strangers to each other until this moment, are getting warmer. Uh, it goes off on that building right over there. Right, some state building, I don't know. Right, it's left over from the brewery. Right, exactly. This was originally a brewery thing. Yeah, um, at five o'clock, everybody goes home. I, I love it. I think it's... Uh, it's sort of it's it's sort of like the universal language to all of us, you know. Like, hey, time to go home and have some din din, you know. Uh, yeah, so it always gives me a warm, glowy feeling. Like I said, I've lived here most of my entire life, and so and it's I've heard it my whole life. I think of the Flintstones, and then I think I've actually worked at Fishtail. Dwight Sutter seems to know the most about it, but if he knows the whole story, he doesn't tell it to me. So I'm familiar with. It's not always at five. It really depends on who's working. Really depends if they're staying late or whatever, but I think it's pretty cool because you can hear for miles around on a cold day with all the leaves off the trees. It travels for miles, and it's kind of an icon that way. That you know, it's something you can look forward to happening almost on a regular basis. The fish he mentions is, of course, fish brewing, and yes, that is the source of Olympia's five o'clock whistle. It stands on top of their plant, just east of Fishtail Brew Pub. Every weekday at five o'clock, they blow it, unless they don't. Sometimes they forget, or the boiler is down. You could blow the whistle. They've auctioned that on or off from time to time, raising money for one thing or another. To get to the bottom of this tradition, I visit Paul Knight, 
at his home on Bud Inlet. He says he can hear the whistle several miles away from his house each day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think of worry every time. I like to hear it. Paul's in his 80s, a longtime employee of the Olympia Brewing Company. He knows more than most about local beer history. I worked there from 1961 to, uh, into 1997, total of 36 years. For 23 of those years, Paul was the brewmaster at Olympia Brewing, a company that defined this area at least as much as Olympia's status as state capital. Leopold Schmidt started the company in 1896 to take advantage of the area's ridiculously high-quality spring water. Leopold Schmidt, a brewer and state legislator from Montana, first journeyed to Olympia in the state of Washington in 1894. And while he was in Olympia, in a barber shop, the barber was telling him about some artesian springs out in Tumwater. Sounded very interesting, so he went out and took a look. After searching, he found that water, tasted of it, and it was perfect. Just tasted so much different than any other water. It just tasted like it's just absolutely pure. And, and it, he decided that uh, he wanted to build a brewery there. Well water, beautiful and cold. Schmidt made it happen. He started Capital Brewing in 1896. With the sound of the plant's whistle filling the Tumwater Valley, Capital Brewing began making what they called Olympia Beer. Olympia Beer became so well known that they changed the name of the brewery to Olympia Brewing Company, despite its location in Tumwater. To keep up with demand, Schmidt had a newer modern facility built in 1905. This is the tall red brick building that still stands today. Business boomed until Prohibition came to Washington State in 1916. It's hard to stay in business when the thing you sell becomes illegal. But they tried. The company clung to life for a while, making carbonated fruit juices and jams. But sugar rationing during World War I took its toll. So the brewery went dormant, and uh, they saved their name, they saved their yeast culture, and uh, kind of weathered the storm until uh, Prohibition was repealed in uh, late 1933. By the time uh, it was legal to brew and sell beer again, and uh, uh, they had built a brewery in and had beer brewed and was ready to sell it. This new facility was just up the hill from the old red brick building. It was state-of-the-art. At 8 a.m. on Friday, October 6, 1933, a familiar sound returned to the valley. The plant blew its whistle, signaling the start of work on the first non-alcoholic test batch in the new facility. Decade after decade, as the smell of malt and hops wafted through town, the plant blew that whistle. Uh, it blew at uh, 8, 12 noon, and 5 p.m. 12.30 and 1 p.m. too. 1946, we installed an electrostatic precipitator. We were the first brewery in the United States to use one. We were the only West Coast brewery to utilize 100% stainless steel kegs. We started a new addition to the bottle house, which was to house a much bigger, faster line than it's we'd ever had. the water that makes it wonderful. It's the water that makes it Olympia, really a wonderful beer. As the brewery kept adapting and getting new equipment, Paul says they helped some of the smaller craft breweries get off the ground. Well, we would give them some advice. They, would, they always had questions. We'd help them any way we could that way. The first one we helped was uh, Paul Shipman at Red Hook. Uh, we helped Burt Grant over in uh, Yakima, Bridgeport. We, we 
assisted some of those guys, and uh, we worked with the Widmer brothers, selling them some keg equipment and so forth. The water, At the turn of the century, Olympia Brewing was the source of nearly 400 good-paying jobs. Production was down from the heydays of the 70s, but jobs with benefits that people could get right out of high school were available. The whistle was a reminder of those jobs. So many people tell me that the brewery was more than just a good job, though. Maybe that's why one man compared it to the death of a parent when S.A.B. Miller, the new parent company, announced they'd be ending production in Tumwater. The whistle blew for the last time in the summer of 2003. The plant was shuttered. For good this time. For four years after the closing, life went on in Tumwater and Olympia without a whistle to mark time. Then, in 2007, Fish Brewing in downtown Olympia started the tradition back up. Only the five o'clock whistle this time. Most people that know this much of the story assume that Fish Brewing has the old Olympia Brewing Company whistle. But Paul tells me it's not like that. It is a different whistle. It's Fish Brewing we're talking about. They have a whistle that sounds similar to the brewery whistle. It doesn't have the nice mellow tone. Paul says he still gets to hear the old whistle once in a while but it's not quite the same. It's in possession of the uh, city, city of Tomwater, and they blow it every year at the beer fest. It doesn't sound exactly like it did because when the brewery was blowing it, they used uh, large volumes of steam, and the um, golf course that Tomwater uses uh, compressed air. It has a little different sound, but you know it's the brewery whistle. Hey, are you Chuck by chance? Yeah, uh, you must be Rob. Hey, yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. You too. Thanks for meeting me here. You I bet. Appreciate it. Chilly little morning. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to just walk over there? Yeah. Cool. Thanks. On a clear weekday morning in December, I meet Chuck Denny. I'm the Parks, Parks and Recreation Director. Gotcha. He's the City of Tumwater's Director for Parks and Recreation. I have been here for 26 years. Whoa. We're yeah. at the Tumwater Valley Golf Course. We cross a wooden bridge on our way to the golf cart shack. I like your job. I do. The ruins of the so-called New Olympia Brewery are half a mile to the north. They stare at us over a frosty driving range. Chuck will tell me later that the smaller shacks scattered all over the course behind us are wells that tap the artesian springs that made Olympia beer so famous. Somebody's hitting right here. I'm going to tell them we're going to do this so we don't scare them. Okay, good call. At the cart shack now, Chuck tells me more about the whistle as the course manager wraps up a phone call. Uh, well, at the brewery, it was run, um, it was on top of the steam plant, and it had huge steam boilers in it, and that's what they heated the whole facility with. So uh, they would just divert steam and blow it through the whistle. Obviously, we don't have a steam generator here, so <laughs> we got a 1,000-gallon uh, propane tank, and we retrofitted it, and we just fill it with compressed air, and then that's what we blow it with. Um, other than that, once the tank's full, then it's just a matter of turning that valve. Oh, that's, it's just that simple. Yep. That valve right there. We can, standing right here, we can see the brewery right over there. Right, it wasn't in the main building, it was down here in the valley by oh. the warehouse. So, as you go across that bridge right there, if you look to the right, there's the flat warehouse, and then there's kind of just a big square building, that was the steam plant, um, and this was on top of that. Yeah. So, how did you guys end up with it? Well, at the time, uh, Miller Brewery owned the facility. 
um, as I got to know their uh, manager and her husband, who played a lot of golf, uh, when it came to the point where they knew they were going to close, I went to them and said, hey, you know, we don't want this to disappear. This is an iconic thing of Tumwater. Uh, because at that time, the whistle was going at 8, 12, 1, 5, every day. Uh, so they said, well, do you want it? I was like, well, yeah, absolutely. So we went up on top of the building, and they took it off and gave it to us. Standing next to that 1,000-gallon tank now, I can see the three-toned whistle on top of the building. I'm opening a package of earplugs as Dave Nickerson, the course manager, surprises me with a question. Do you want to do it? Uh, I'll hold this recording equipment. It'll better if I... I do want to do it, but... Better we can if hold I, it for you if you want. Yeah? Yeah. It's pretty cool. We've had people that have, you know, had generations that have worked at the brewery and that, and we'll pull a player over to do it, and tears and everything. I mean, oh, it's... Wow. Yeah, it's... That is cool. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. So is there much resistance in the in the um, valve? You gotta yeah. want it. Okay. <laughs> and you can see that that pipe is even with the valve flange, so it's closed right now. So you want to move it straight up, and it'll be all the way open. Okay. And it will go uh, seven to ten seconds to empty that tank through that, and then you hear it start kind of going. Okay. And then you turn it off. All right. <laughs> all right. So about seven seconds. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to hold that? Do you want uh, to... I'll just put it down. It's fine. Thank you. I'm really glad you have earplugs. It's close to 10 a.m. as I climb the ladder up to the valve handle of the old Olympia Brewing Company whistle. But it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wonderful the water that makes it wonderful it's the water that makes it wonderful it's the water that makes it wonderful Thanks to the Olympia Tumwater Foundation Karen Johnson in particular for her research help and permission to use the audio clips of and still today. You can find that great video and others on their YouTube channel. Go visit the foundation. They have tours of the historic Schmidt House and walking tours of Tumwater Falls Park. Links and more information on this in the show notes. Thanks also to Chris Emerson, Paul Knight, of course, and everyone I talked to for this episode. It's been a while since nine-year-old Silas pulled the whistle. He's 11 now and loves soccer and comics. His dad, Max, now works for the city of Olympia. This was episode two of the first season of Welcome to Olympia. Next time, we'll hear the story of a boy's desperate escape from war. I was with a group, like thousands of people, with no road, we just walking. And his domination of a 45 square foot blue table right here in Olympia. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. At welcometoolympia.com, you can find related photos and links for more information. The music you're hearing right now is by Olympia's own Skrill Meadow. Find and buy their music at skrillmeadow.bandcamp.com. There's a little dining room up a flight of stairs in the back of the Bayview Thriftway. Cheapest waterfront dining around. Tell me your Olympia tips, because I'm running out. WTOcast at gmail.com. Or hit the contact link on the website. I'm Rob Smith. Sir. Thanks for talking to strangers, Olympia. I'm doing a story about the five o'clock whistle. He didn't want to talk to me. Most of you, anyways. <laughs> Back soon.